Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. there and welcome back to the do back discussion podcast i am your host jared the dark jedi and joining me as always is travis black leader grossman ah! <laughs> that's how it is and we are joined again at last by our jedi master and lore keeper chonic Connor Katiti. Oh, fuck it, dog. Connor Chikiti. <laughs> well, what's up, everybody? Now he's an HP laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Chonner. You've upgraded. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Travis got a new computer. You forgot your sentience is in a better computer now, Connor. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, real quick housekeeping. Go check out our Force Awakens audio commentary that we did with Sean from Blue Bantha Milk Co., it was a great time. Spencer was on for that one. Connor, were you able to make it to any of the audio commentaries? Nope. Fucking college. I have this like I false did, memory that you were there for Revenge of the Sith, and I don't know them. why. Because we had a we had like eight people on for Revenge yeah. Revenge of the Sith. It was you, me, Spencer, Jason, and Mike. Yeah. Damn. Uh, but yeah. So check out our Force Awakens audio commentary. At the end of the week, check out our The Last Jedi commentary with Emrys from Girls with Sabres. Very exciting one. Our finale. I may or may not have let the alcohol get a little bit too much at the end for me. There may be an extra 30 minutes at the end of us just bullshitting. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh that's just because Emrys is so much fun to talk with. Mm. Like both her and Luthien, they're just freaking geniuses. And just like they, 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 the conversations just get so deep so quickly with them. Uh, but yeah, check all that out. Very soon, we're going to be recording it tomorrow. I'm not sure when it'll be released. Maybe during Rise of Skywalker week. I don't, I don't know when it's going to come out. But we are going to be doing our full Jedi Fallen Order review featuring YouTube's own Cubs fan Han. Very excited for that. Cubs is one of my favorite YouTubers. He covers a lot of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. He's moved into doing just Star Wars coverage as a whole. So he's doing Mandalorian re reviews. He was among the EA Game Changers who got invited out to California for that big Fallen Order uh, pre-release thing and whatnot. So he's really awesome. He'll be on to he'll be joining us tomorrow at the time of this recording, so we can record that. Uh, with that, Connor, how was your week, buddy? Um, pretty good. I finally finished my huge history seminar paper like last week, and it's it's just satisfying to have it done. And the best part about this week is that it's an unwritten tradition with our professor and the seminar class as a whole to like go out to eat um afterwards so we're gonna go out to eat on thursday night and it's gonna be 
I'm excited. Um, other than that, just trying to get through finals and just college in general. Um, I feel that, that, that. That's about it. I mean, I finished fall in order over Thanksgiving break and holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be getting super in the weeds with that tomorrow. Um I know with Connor all three of us here, we will add an extra hour and a half to this podcast <laughs> if we all give our chance selves the chance yeah. to talk fall in order. So we will say try and keep it as short as possible. <laughs> no, tomorrow hey, here's the thing though, we don't have to balance because originally the plan was we were going to do like a quickie news roundup and just blitz the news yeah. and then dedicate most of this episode to Fallen Order. Now we can take our time with the news yeah, and uh, um, take our time tomorrow with Fallen Order. So good to hear, Connor. Again, very happy to have you back on, buddy. Indeed. Good to be back. Good to be back. Travis. Which – okay. Do you want today's story? Or the story you want because it it's somewhat related to topics at hand. Which do you want first? Do you feel inclined to save today's story for Hall of Heroes? No. No. Then tell both. Okay. Uh, um so this morning I had I had two finals today. Oof. One of them was at 8 30. Congratulations for surviving. I'm proud oh, of you. Big I'm proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you both. Oh, uh, you're not about to be. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. That's not true. That's not Connor true. knows. Connor knows. I put it in the do back chat. He already knows what I'm about to say. Oh no. I, yeah, my phone died like an hour ago, so I haven't um, looked at the chat. So my exam was at eight thirty. I ended up not sleeping at all last night. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Not, not like I was studying, and then like, okay, I'll take a break from studying and watch something. So I watched some CW stuff for Hall of Heroes. Went back to studying. It was like 4.30 and I was like, there's no point. Because I'll definitely sleep in. It's about 6.30-ish rolls around and I'm like, yeah, I'll put my head down for a second. And when I opened my eyes, it was uh, 10 after 10. Oh, no. When's your first class? My my final was at 8.30. Oh, shit. So in what can only be described as divine intervention – I managed to get to campus just in time to catch him leaving the room. Wow. Which was technically under the – because the exam period is two hours. It's 8.30 to 10.30. It was like 10.15 when I got there. And I was like – I had sprinted up the hill to the building. I was like, I'm so sorry. So like explaining to him what had happened and yeah. like it, making it very clear. If he, if he wanted to be a hard ass and say you missed your chance, I was going to take my beats because – there was like there wasn't a legitimate reason for me not to be there, and yeah. he was nice. I mean, you exhausted yourself studying. Like that, if, that, if there, I know if there's any good reason to have slept in and missed it, it's I was preparing to kick this test's ass. I just like, I basically just said like, look, I'm so sorry. I, you know, overslept my alarm, and I totally missed it. And I was prepared for two things, either for him to say. No. No. Or technically you still have 15 minutes to write in what you can and I'll make it work. And then just blitz Damn. out the front half of the exam. Because um, the whole thing – like I did t I did take the whole thing. It only took me about 40 minutes. Okay. So but he gave you time? He So he had another final to give 
in like at eleven o'clock, and it was only like ten twenty. So he's like, "Tell you what, come to that final. Told me the room number. I will just give you your test separate of that class. You can take it. It's the same time period. So managed to not get totally fucked. The um, force was with you today. No, dude, you have no idea. So I've been having car problems. Yes. Right with my starter. So it takes sometimes it takes a couple tries to get my car to start upwards of like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. First try car starts. The force was with you today. Every stop sign. That is legit. That has to be divine. I I hit every stop sign. Yeah. Like empty so I could roll through them. I passed a cop going 15 over, but he'd already pulled someone over and couldn't get me. (laughs) I hit every light green. Like there was no, there was no two ways about it. Like the force or God or something like in front of everyone. They were just like, we're doing this. You're getting there. You will do something with this exam. I'm happy to hear that. Good job. Um, in Star Wars adjacent news. (laughs) No, wait. Just because it's been... Connor, are you familiar with the wretched twins that Travis works with at Walmart? Worked. Worked. Uh, Are they both gone now? Probably probably not. So, there was a set of twins that I worked with that were just fucking insufferable. Because I wasn't sure if this was like a story... These... Idiots that only ever been talked about on Hall of Heroes. I think not. so. I okay. Think... So they're idiots. Okay, good. They... I have a lot of coworkers like that. So basically, the they both have this attitude. The <sighs> one was way worse than the other. Of like, I am. Even though we are all in the same pay grade, and I don't have anything over you, yeah. I am the best person. Like, legitimate quote he said to my friend Jake. You know, man, people just get mad when they see me because like they know I'm better than them. Like, you know I'm better than you, right? This is a real fucking thing he said. Oh, my God. This is a real huge... Like, he didn't even say that You've never mentioned that one before. Oh, my God. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's, that's real. He finally got fired. Last Go week. So, <laughs> Good riddance. He got fired, and now they're left... And his, his twin brother is on a leave of absence. He's like fourth leave of absence of the year. Because... Holy shit. Uh... He is a partaker in certain illicit substances. <clears throat> Heroin. And I'm coughing it. Yeah. Like it. No, he is well aware of the fact that he can abuse. They can't fire him if he technically goes into rehab. Mm. Because it's considered discrimination. Gotcha. So he's using that. To... Yeah. And right now he's currently on leave. But also because he's there, that means he broke his parole. Oh, so now he has to go to jail. But I guess he like skimped on rehab, so now they can't find him. And last week, Jared and I are in Walmart. We're perusing for things for a cosplay I'm doing. Are you not mentioning the cosplay publicly yet? or I don't really care. I'm going to be Poe Dameron in two weeks. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, but while we're in there, I get a text from my friend Jake, and he's like, Wait, I got. I can find. You need to read it verbatim because you showed it to me, and I almost fell into like the the boot display. I gotta go up a bit. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh! Charles Soul just tweeted out a picture of uh, Ben from the comic. He's so yeah, that was pretty nice. He's a fucking sex symbol. Look at him. You can see his pecs under his yes cloak. 
<laughs> he has a cape and he's a j- nut, as you were. I keep like accidentally liking people's shit. Yeah. And because it's in a group chat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gotta like go hard to find it. Oh, oh I'm almost there. Okay. At, so like this is when my shift normally starts, but I was off work and I just happened to be in the store. At Travis, a fucking bounty hunter came to the store after John. <laughs> and to which th- this chat is me, my friend Jake, and his girlfriend. His girlfriend's put in, you mean like a parole officer? No, I mean a fucking bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he has a warrant out for yeah, his Yeah, he arrest. has a warrant. Yeah, he skipped bail and there's a warrant for him. That's insane, dude. Wow. I remember Travis read that to me and, like, I just can't get this image out of my head of, like, a Mandalorian of the Mandalorian walking yeah. out of Latro Walmart, like, blaster in hand, kicking open the door to your break room, like, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Here's, here's the line he actually would have said I can bring you in warm or, ah, fuck it, you're not worth it warm. <laughs> Because, <laughs> so. like, other stories that are a little bit too case-sensitive to talk about on this show that you've told me, like, it's, this, the, these two are just jackasses. Yeah. Like, like beyond the addiction thing. Like, like I that's, don't, yeah. no, no shaming. If you, yeah. if you need help, get help. Like, you know, such and such. But, like, when you're abusing your work to not get fired. Yeah. Well, that and just the other stories you've told me about this guy. He's just an absolute fuckwit. But, yeah, that's... I have so many good, like, I could write a whole stand-up special about these I know two. you could. I know you could. You could write a whole... Spe- yeah, that's exactly it. You could write a whole special about these guys. But just the so sentence, like, a bounty hunter came into Walmart. It's lots of fun. Jared, how was your week? This past week was... uh uneventful compared to the week before it <laughs> uh you don't say yeah uh i'm fresh out, uh from galaxy's edge uh had lots of fun uh it uh on batu lots of fun at black spire outpost uh, did you crash the falcon no <laughs> okay go ahead. i did not i okay so the way the ride is it is really hard for you to like straight up crash it um, I I don't know about that one, Chief. It is you, like you want to see me do it. It is like you have. It's really hard to like just straight up crash it because it's more like you bump the Falcon into something. Okay. It's more like you you like nick something and like something sparks next to you, but like oh okay yeah especially the way you're because the way it is is like one person pilots up and down and the other person goes left to right. So I was doing, oh, okay. I was doing the okay, left to right. Because I thought it was just one person does all of it. No, no. Like one person's doing the up and down and then makes the jump to light speed. And then the other person does left to right and then he's, has access to the auxiliary booster engines. Okay. Uh, first time I did it, I was on left to right. And like I, I bumped a couple things. But like in lore, there's no way that would have destroyed the Falcon. Especially after, you know, we watched it go through a black fucking hole in Solo. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't too worried about the integrity of the ship. Um, my cousin had the up and down, which is weird because, A, the flight controls are inverted. Uh. 
That's gross. I hate that. Not only are I they get... inverted, they oh, are yikes. Really? Especially yeah. for a theme park ride, incredibly sensitive. Oh, so like, oh, geez. So, like, and when Pierce did it and when I did it myself, we were both expecting to, like, just shove it up to go down once we realized it was inverted and to yank it back to go up. What we didn't realize is you could actually, like, pitch it up and down, like, on a gradient and didn't realize you actually have to fucking maneuver the ship. Oh, damn. The left and right was exactly how I thought it was. Left was left, right was right, and it was just boom, boom. There was no slowly shifting the yoke. So the third time I wrote it when I got to be the yoke as opposed to the white. (laughs) It's a control yoke, you know? Um, You're not the first person to make that joke. I think I have to. Please please be careful with the metal plank. Metal wood. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I'm sorry. Vampire check. <laughs> Vampire check. <laughs> we have those at work a lot because we have a bunch of broken we pieces have of pallets. Do, we have to do that on TikTok. That'd be funny. Vampire check. <laughs> uh, so this the third time I wrote it when I got to be the pilot. I was so caught off guard with how sensitive the controls were. I was like, oh, this is an actual ship. And it took me about like a quarter of the way in to be able to like figure out that like, okay, like it's I basically just have to do front back front back the whole time to keep the ship steady but it was a lot of fun i got way too in the moment with uh the flight of the falcon because i very loudly at one point whenever it's like okay make the jump to light speed and like the lever started flashing but like right before hondo naka's voice said make the jump to light speed just as the lever started to flash I looked at my cousin with his friend. It was just, it was my cousin and then his friends yeah. in the cockpit. It was all six of us. It lit up and I really thought it was like, Pierce, punch it! Like, just completely in the moment. Like, it just immediately sucks you in. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm there. Um, so cool. Oh, yeah. I was just like, so, and I'm like, I'm like watching the, the display in front of us and. You know, like first order TIE fighter zooms in front of us, and his one buddy Zach like shot one just as it came on. So I'm like, great shot! I was just like fucking great in shot, it. Jansen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, great shot, kid. Don't get cocky. Like just so in the moment with that, it was so much fun. Um, great shot, cock. Don't get kitty. Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hate us. Uh, Literally, oh, I cried so much when I built my lightsaber. Um, I'm going to get super in detail with all of this stuff when we start doing the Tales from Batu stuff. Um, I cried when I made my lightsaber. It was so much fun. Um, One story, quickie, that I'm going to tell, the one that made, the one that I told in the last Jedi commentary. Uh, When I was there, my goal was that I wanted to get a picture with Ray and Kylo Ren wearing my Raylo trash shirt, which I just realized oh, I'm wearing shit. right now. Um, wearing right now because I would need it, I used it as an undershirt for my uh, Star Wars Christmas sweater today. But, okay, so the thing with Kylo Ren at Galaxy's Edge is that he's not, he actually won't take pictures with anybody. Okay. You have to like sneak a picture or like take a video with him near you and then just hope you can like screenshot the video. But Kylo Ren doesn't actually willingly take pictures with people. I did not. I did not know this. 
Oh. So they do the whole thing that, like, everybody's seen on Twitter by now of, like, you know, the First Order officer comes out and they're standing in front of the shuttle and Kylo Ren comes out and is like, you feel officer, and then he, like, force chokes the motherfucker. All that stuff. <laughs> After that, Kylo Ren, like, emerges into the crowd with the stormtroopers. And I'm, like, right next to the command shuttle, so I'm super close to Kylo. And I run up and I'm like, Supreme Leader Ren, may I take a picture with you, please? Oh, boy. And this guy had, like, the walk and the mannerisms and everything down. And he was, like, he was broad as fuck. Like, he was a big dude. He was scary as shit. And he got all up in my business. Oh, I could, shit. I could feel his eyes through the helmet. Like, Supreme Leader Ren, may I take a picture with you, please? No. And walks the fuck away. <laughs> like, he got right on top of me and, and then just walked the hell away from me. And I'm just standing there with just my jaw in the ground. Everybody around's like kind of starting to chuckle. And once he got like a little further away from me, I was like really loudly, "But you're on my T-shirt!" Because I'm you know wearing the Raylo shirt. Amazing. So, yeah. Uh, Ray, however, was happy to take a picture with me and quite liked my Raylo trash shirt. Uh, yes. So yes. so we'll leave that there real quick. With that, speaking of Raylo. Our first story today, uh, covered by Girls with Sabres on an awesome live stream. If you want to go back onto their channel and watch it, it was a great one. Vanity Fair put out a piece called The Raylo Connection, How Ray and Kylo Ren Make Each Other Stronger. And this is from Anthony Bresnikin. Raylo, there's no single word in the Star Wars fandom that's more polarizing and divisive even worse than McClunky. Raylo is the shorthand, shorthand nickname for the relationship between Daisy Ridley's noble identity-seeking Ray and Adam Driver's volatile, power-hungry villain Kylo Ren. Some Star Wars fans see a love story in their conflict, hoping she'll save the lost young man once known as Ben Solo from his darker impulses. Others find the, no the notion repellent, seeing him as an abuser unworthy of redemption. In a new interview with uh, Vanity Fair, Rise of Skywalker director J.J. Abrams described Kylo Ren and Rey as polarizing figures for each other. They are drawn to each other, their fates intertwined, not because they are similar, but because they are stark opposites. They're stronger, but because, he, because each is stronger. <laughs> so is there... Okay. J.J. speaking is hard to read out loud from type. They're stronger, but because each is stronger, so is their adversary. Abrams said, the characters are connected in this profound way, drawn to each other, curious about each other, knowledgeable about each other. They also are, by definition, working on opposite sides of things. And so the dichotomy of those characters is the thing that, for me, is most fascinating. In some ways, they are testing their own values and beliefs against the others, trying to prove, if only to themselves, that they aren't as appalling, powerful beings as they are repeatedly battling. The journey of each character is also the journey of the performer. I look back at what Daisy did in The Force Awakens, and I thought her work was exceptional. She's so damn talented, Abrams said. But I look at what she's done in this film, and I'm just awestruck by her maturity and nuance and the power that she brought to this part. As challenging as, challenging as I knew this movie was going to be for me as a director, I knew it was also going to be extraordinary challenging for her, and she exceeded my wildest dreams with what she might do. The actors set the pace for each other. 
Adam as well goes far goes to a far deeper, more interesting, compelling, and subtle place with his character. Abram said, "When we met Kylo Ren, he was almost like a bit of an adolescent. He would sort of rage. He aspired to be a he aspired to a kind of power and control, but he was out of control." In The Rise of Skywalker, Abram said Kylo Ren is much more centered, no less broken, but far more controlled. Oh, you cannot imagine how happy that sentence makes me. That makes me really happy, too. He murdered his but old man. Probably, probably diff in a different way. Yeah, I, I can't wait to dig into this. Same. He murdered his old master, Supreme Leader Snoke, in The Last Jedi, but instead of joining Rey and abandoning the ways of the dark side, he instead consolidated power over the terrifying war machine that is the First Order. Having assumed the position of Supreme Leader, he comes into the story with a much larger mature figure while still in his own way raging, Abrams said. Ridley's hero isn't raging at all. While she was somewhat hot-headed and quick to fight in the previous films, this time she faces danger by cooling off, centering herself and striking back with precision. If you compare Kylo with Rey, they both have this kind of confidence in their position, and yet stakes have only gone grown greater. Abrams said, "The challenge has only grown more has only grown more significant. They're both in a brand new and yet similar situation." Teasing some early footage, a dark Rey image featured Rey looking very pale, gaunt, and with a Sith-like black 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 cloak with a retractable double-bladed red lightsaber. Until the movie opens on December 20th, we won't know any we won't know whether this is merely a vision of what could be or something she actually becomes. We also won't know until whether or not know until then whether the connection between them has a romantic basis or if their fascination with each other is merely because they see each other as, as the opposite of a cautionary warning of what might happen if they lose their resolve. Abrams is willing to dispel the notion that has spread among the fans the theory of the red thread of fate. It's an aspect of East Asian lore that says two people are determined to be lovers and are connected by an unbreakable invisible red line that the matchmaking gods maintain to draw the individuals inexorably closer to each other. The, the theory received a surge in adherence and some well-reasoned analysis after Ray was spotted in one of the trailers with a lightsaber and a red ribbon dangled from her one hand. However, Abrams had, had some bad news for those fans. No, he said, that is not something we intentionally incorporated. In other words, snap. But fear not, whatever unseen connection exists between Kylo Ren and Rey, uh, we can still be certain it pulls them together. And that is the end of the story. So even though, like, even though J.J. directly, like, said that the red string of fate element isn't, like, directly in there, it doesn't it doesn't change it like the imagery is still there, you know what I mean? Like it may not be intentional, but like with who you're dealing with, like it still it still works, you know. And also that myth on its own works for those two characters, as it's been. Uh Travis, I'm gonna give you the floor on this one first. Cool. <laughs> Insightful. He said things we knew. <laughs> yeah. Like, I watched The Last Jedi. <laughs> I, I'm aware. Uh, Connor, your thoughts on this? Um, I mean... I'm 
sorry. I'm like literally <laughs> in the fucking um, hallway. I think Travis mine. and I were both about to make the uh, he's been abducted by the First Order joke. And then we heard the door again. Yeah, no, that's why fucking noise is. Nah, you're good. Killing me. Um, you so, have no idea how often we hear frat boys screaming in the background of Spencer recording for all of Heroes, so it's oh, fine. Shit. I love so it. it's just it's just a pain in the ass for fucking editing and all that shit. Yeah, it's fine. But but um, that's character. Yeah, yeah, it adds, <laughs> it, adds, it adds life to the podcast. Um, I mean, pretty much what Travis said. It's stuff that we already knew, but I think just for me because I just haven't been as um invested in star wars save for fallen order that i should be because of just college and everything i think it's just nice to like just be reminded oh okay this is where these two characters are going and then thinking about where they were at the beginning of last jedi to where they are at the end where jj is talking about where kylo and ray are it's just i found it interesting especially with kylo where he's like where he said that he's really still broken but he's just more controlled and he's more just enveloped in the dark side and i just think that's just i think going to be really nice to see in nine and just to see that whole arc of kylo just clearly told throughout this trilogy as it as with uh ray um ray's at least ray's internal arc throughout the trilogy as well because externally we know she's pretty uh she's pretty skilled in the force and i had some tweet where i was just kind of like eh i mean you pre you guys probably saw it about the whole training aspect um that i had yeah well um, you know tra training has just become a shorthand for i don't like the woman doing this um, yeah so there i think but, there's something to be said also of that like vanity fair is writing an article about a popular ship in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's Raylo writes. That is as Raylo writes as you get. That just means they saw The Last Jedi, that's all. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's the correct reading of The Last Jedi, is that there is tension between them. Again, you don't put the sentence, this is as close as I could get to a sex scene for people who are not supposed to have romantic tension. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Connor, piggybacking off of what you were saying about the whole about the way Ray and Kylo are going to arrive in this movie. I find the Ray is cooler and less hot-headed thing as such a surprise when you look at the marketing and you look at the trailers because Ray looks like she's coming out swinging against Ben. You know, she looks like she's getting frustrated when she's training, you know, like especially that one shot in the trailer that like the Monday night football trailer where like the everybody's telling me they know they think they know who I am and blah 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 blah, like the look like she looks like she's just seething with fucking rage in that <laughs> in that frame, and like and like maybe like in the greater context maybe the fight has been going on longer than we realize, and that's her like trying to catch her breath and she already has her game face on, yeah. But it seems like she's already just like, come on, pretty boy, let's go, let's go, get your get get your wide ass long hair out here, let's go. Um, yeah, but she looks like she's just seething in that moment. Um, we haven't gotten too much of Kylo from like the trailers. The TV spots have been a little bit more generous of what we've seen with, from Kylo Ren, but like he's only spoken in one trailer. 
Yeah, you yeah. The only thing that we've heard from Kylo is but I do. Outside of that, but but it do. But it do. We got nothing. It do what it do. Uh we haven't seen do like, the do. Do the do they Ky- will do the do. Kylo Ren sponsored by Mountain Dew. <laughs> Kylo Ren comes out, he has a Mountain Dew in one hand, his other gloves covered in Dorito dust. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights of Ren are just like his like Call of Duty clan. Um, <laughs> I don't like this head cannon. I, I want to get it. away from it. No, no, we gotta keep going. No, no, no especially because like when he has like the Force Rage moments, like that's literally just him like gamer raging and yeah. like punching a hole in the drywall. He's like, that was a headshot. Like, <laughs> there's like a bunch of static yeah. and shit. Uh, but anyway. I, I really enjoy the idea that, like, Kylo Ren's coming into this more... he He's coming at this less, like, Clone Wars, Darth Maul, and Ventress, and more like Count Dooku, Darth Vader. Or it's not that, like, I could snap at any moment. It's the very, like, quiet, seething, like... I'm pissed, but like it's gonna come out in doses, and I'm not gonna freak out and completely lose my center in the process, yeah. which excites me because I don't think, again, as a Ben Demptionist and somebody who's hoping to see Ben be redeemed and uh, help and, and aid Ray in the fight against the Emperor, I don't think the Kylo Ren who could fly off the handle at any moment is a Kylo Ren who could be reasoned with and turned back to the light. Because I think at that point he's still like so enveloped in the dark side and he's just still so like, again, like that addiction. It's just like, you know, I need it. I need it. I need it. That that dependency is there. I think when he is in a state of more readily, he's more readily level headed. You're dealing with somebody who could feasibly go either way at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I love this article. I think there are some oversimplifications and i said on the girls of sabers live stream that i think that article is very raylo 101 like i don't truly see kylo ren as the villain you know what i mean like again like he's been broken and coerced into a lot of this shit that i think a lot of it is based off of like a dependency that he didn't choose? A dependency on killing his father, Han Solo. Yes. I was going to make a joke, but I can't because spoilers for the spectacular. Um, Ha-ha! Uh, don't, don't look at me like that. I, I, see, I see what's in your eyes. Don't look at me like that. Um, mm. Shut up. But we... Uh, I, 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 love, I love this idea, and I'm really... This, this excites me even more. And, uh, yeah... Good shit. Uh, who wants the next story? I'll take it. All right. I got it. I got your boy. We're going to talk about your boy. His name is Driver Adam. Coming to us from Entertainment Weekly. Adam Driver. Kylo Ren doesn't need redemption in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, when asked by EW if redemption was possible for the First Order's Supreme Leader, or should even be considered given the magnitude of the character's evil deeds, Adam Driver dismissed the idea. 
What have you read he... this article yet? I've re- I read I skimmed a bit of it while you were reading. So okay, good because you're gonna. I know it's in the... <laughs> verbatim. What does he have to be redeemed for? Driver shot back. Let's see. Kylo killed his father, Han Solo. <laughs> did did Roka ghostwrite this? <laughs> yes. Coming to you from the outlaw. Uh, and it lists all of his other great evil deeds that he did. He did them, like eating the last cookie from the cookie jar. Uh, but as an actor, Driver sees things more from his character's perspective. Kylo has a different identity, a different definition of what redemption is. He's already been redeemed in his story. I don't think there is a thought of redemption. He doesn't have an outside lens of the events, you know? You know what I mean? That's more of an outsider's view of this world. Uh, in the final Skywalker's film, Kylo's journey leads into an epic clash with Rey on the ruins of the second Death Star, as well as seemingly teaming up with the Jedi and training for some other purpose. I wonder what that could be. Uh, only the destruction of star killer base 2 and death stars 3 through (laughs) 8 how do you okay so do you like blow up star killer 2 and hope the debris from the planet just takes out the death stars that's the that's like that's your like high risk high reward way to do it like like you could do it that way yeah there's a number of ways that you could do it you could, if you come in with a big enough fleet, if all if all the Death Stars are completed. Which is the idea. Which is the idea. If they're all finished Death Stars, you're basically going to have to do like six trench runs and hope to God you're at least able to blow enough of the Death Stars up with that thermal exhaust port. What if, hold on, what if... What if each Death Star has a different weak point? What if you can lead the... Well, first of all, they probably wouldn't build it because it was... You know, each the Death Stars are built with, like, the weakness intact for the Rebels because now Rogue One's a thing. Well, yeah, but you still need to have a thermal exhaust port. You're a thermal exhaust port. Yeah, I am. But I don't know. They'll just be funny. They also only like have each, one space wizard. Each so. other Death Star had a different... But hear me um, out, hear me out. What if you... Lead one of the Death Stars to fire its laser into Starkiller. Think that would work? Yeah, but there's no way everybody's making it out alive of that. That's fine. Like you're probably taking almost. We trade lives here, boy. We'll trade lives. We'll trade lives. No, here's the here is what I think would be the like high risk, high reward way of doing it. Like the most. The resistance finds a way to we're gonna, lead it. We're gonna trench run Starkiller, and in the worst case scenario, the squad we send in gets yeeted by a Death Star, and the whole thing goes kablooey anyway. You lead a ground assault on Starkiller Two to hijack the gun, and you Starkiller oh the Death Stars, but you can... and you keep Starkiller Two. <laughs> We gotta do this all next episode. The, yeah, sure. this is, yeah, yeah, because next week's gonna be the prediction cast. It's just gonna be us talking through how you deal with Death Stars three through eight orbiting Starkiller Base Two. Um, and when you're done, when you see in the distance, Starkiller Three. Yeah, <laughs> that's the credits. <laughs> the first Star Wars movie with a post Starkiller will return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to actual like yeah. articles. 
for his part, Driver rejects any labels for the Ray Kyler relationship. <laughs> I don't think it's all one thing, he says. Part of the fun of playing it is the boundaries of it keep changing. At times it's more intimate, sometimes less intimate, sometimes it's codependent, and then it's obviously adversarial. Uh, and did you know that The Rise of Skywalker opens on December 20th? I didn't know that. Okay, I have to... All right, what? I wanted, really? I have to stop. Um, fucking my roommate... So my roommate and his, and my two roommates walk into the walk into my villa, and he, like, whispers to me, like, oh, what you doing? And I, and I basically mouth, I'm recording, and he's like, oh, okay. So then he basically just goes... And tells everybody else like that was in the common area to just kind of really keep it down. So I was just fucking dying at that. <laughs> what if he had walked out and screamed, Hey, you motherfuckers! God is recording! Keep it down! Shut the fuck up! You listen to you, you lousy cocksuckers. Uh, Shikini's talking about space wizards out there, so you best keep your fucking traps shut. Anyway, vampire check. <laughs> vampire check. That is so funny. Um, I love that. Uh, I I like Driver's Take. I don't know about the whole redemption thing. I don't know what to think about that, honestly. Because, like, like, I wonder... Like, I wonder what he means. He's already been redeemed in his story. Like, I wonder if he means... If he's been redeemed in the sense of... Like, he killed Snoke he, and now he's over. Yeah, he killed Snoke and he... To him, finish what he's finished, what he's started. I, okay, I think... I, I know hmm. what you think. We've talked about I, I, I think know. the killing of Snoke... He kills Snoke the way he handles what happens on Crate is all the proof you need that he's not over anything yet. Now, yeah, I, I think what happens with Luke, what Luke does and Luke's death is what can begin Kylo's um, recovery. Because I think that he gave Ben the opportunity to release all of, like, the fucked upness he had inside of him in a way where he didn't actually take Luke's life. But Luke sacrificed himself so that Ben could have that catharsis. And I think what he means is that, like, I think he's speaking from Kylo's perspective. What are you laughing at? Connor said a thing in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> The fuck? It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Listen, that that's the outro song this week. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna this is Connor's dank meme that I'm going to read aloud. Daughter, how do I solve for X? Me, you don't have to solve for X, cause X gonna give it to you. Daughter, see what I mean? Teacher, I completely understand why you're failing now. He's <laughs> gonna give it to you. He's gonna give it to you. He's gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. I fucking love that song. Um, anyway, I think that he's... I think what he's trying to say is that, like, from Kylo Ren's perspective, he's dealt with the bullshit. Yeah. Like... It's, it's, this is really jam-packed, and I really cannot wait for, like, better context yeah, for like, this article we, once the movie's out. We don't see the ten minutes after Crate, you know? Yeah, like, we don't see him. It's like, And like, this isn't, like, me trying to, like, project, project Ben Solo into being, like, this soft boy. I have no doubt in my mind that he had a fucking emotional breakdown the second he was alone. 
Like you don't yeah. deal with the shit that just that happened to him in like the last hour and a half and not just fall the hell apart. Like he could barely handle, you know, just Ray escaping yeah. before. Yeah. So like he yeah. And again, like I don't think we address enough that the last Jedi is like a day and a half later. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like I think Ray, I think Octu, kind of like Dagobah, like time is doing its own thing there because it's entrenched in the force. So I think Ray in real time is on Octu for like maybe a few days. Yeah. Compared I, to what I think is like maybe a day and a half for everyone else. But Ben's dealing with a lot <laughs> in the span of like 36 hours. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think we. I don't think the community I'm addresses curi- enough. I'm curious what happens if you Google how much time passes between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Like, I'm, I'm curious about that. All right. So we're going to keep talking. I'm going to do that. No, I, just, I think it's really interesting. I also don't know if Adam Driver is speaking from a perspective of where Kylo Ren begins the film or where, like, or if he's speaking as a whole on the movie. Um Adam Driver is also the king of like speaking of like giving a very long interview and saying absolutely nothing. So I just found out something I didn't know. Uh, it is like immediately. Yeah. Right? And then because they're evacuating Dakar. Yeah. But last or not last Shadow Rise of Skywalker is apparently a year later. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like a year to a little over a year. Yeah. Roughly one year after the events of the. Me personally, Jiddy. I wish it was longer. Yeah, eh. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know because there's a part of me that like wants to have like the Clone Wars multimedia project too, where like you have maybe like three years and you can fill in those stories for a while, but it's whatever. Um, but no, I, I'm very interested to like get context as to what Adam Driver's saying with Kylo about this. Because I think what he's saying is all really interesting. And like I said, I think we'll have better context for it in the very, very, very near future. Connor, your takes? Um oh, crap. What? I literally just Fuck, what was I gonna say? No, I think the one thing I really, re- God damn it, whatever. <laughs> it's it's a given at this point. I don't. I just don't give a fuck anymore. Um, I think the one thing I'm really gonna like with what you said, Jared, about seeing the context after seeing the movie is that the one thing I always loved after reading, after seeing a Star Wars movie, going back and reading the articles and then realizing, oh. This is what they meant by this. Like, I don't know. I just find that so interesting. Yeah, agreed. I just, it's, it's so, there's a lot to unpack and I'm very yeah. much looking forward to what they have. To, what did you just write on the plank? Vampire check. Vampire check. Okay, good. Uh, just add that to just like the collection of just nonsense that is strewn about the room. So yeah, he's really interesting uh, thoughts from Adam Driver. Uh, Connor, you are up, my friend. All righty. So we have Daddy Pouts. <laughs> and we have J.J. Abrams 
And one I just remembered, Chris Terrio talking about um, Palpatine and just his importance to the story, especially not only to the Rise of Skywalker, but just to the whole, the whole fucking saga. Um, the whole saga, if you will. I'll read one. I will literally just read the Palpatine part of it because, well, it's what we're, it's what the agree part's about. That's so, what we came for. Yeah. On so this is JJ's words. On the dark side, I can't wait for people to see the story. I think it's the most intense story these characters have been through. On the light side, it's the first time we see these groups of characters have an adventure together. And then on the return of another familiar face, Ian McDermott's Emperor Palpatine, everyone was a lot more circumpect, circumpect, I don't know, but Abrams teased that character, as you'll see, he's got such extraordinary power. Okay, I really wish he said unlimited power. I really fucking wish You're he said unlimited. You're better than that. You're better than that. Unlimited. I was, mm, damn it, Abrams, you were on the verge of greatness. Um. But okay. Continue you're you're redeemed by the shitty the shit your shitty meme is redeemed by your excellent credit quote. <laughs> uh, thanks. Okay. Says so says the guy who had him autograph unlimited power when I met him. For the record, oh, I've seen it. It's true. Yeah. Damn. But um, continuing Abrams' quote, he continues saying, "I can't wait for you to see how and why that character's back." And what it means for these characters, gesturing towards Ridley, Boyega, and Isaac. Um, and then Chris Terrio said, uh, also talked about bringing back Palpatine. Um, and the first, the one question they were asked, he was asked was, was there a moment right in the script for this where there was an aha moment of bringing back Palpatine? And Terrio says this, oh, geez, I should probably steer away from specifics on that stuff until after the film comes out. Then I'd love to talk to you about it in detail. I'm afraid anything I'd say about it would give away some plot stuff, and I'm not as fleet of foot as JJ is at avoiding stuff. But what can I say is we felt that this story, these nine films, were a family saga. We decided pretty early on that we wanted to really think of this as the Skywalker saga. And from the beginning, the chess game has the chess game has been between Palpatine and the Jedi, specifically the Jedi as represented by Anakin and the Skywalkers. So we were convinced some way or another Palpatine had to be had to be a president presence in this film. Of course, the sacrifice of Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi and bringing balance to the Force, we still had to honor that, and I think we do honor that in the film. We don't take the end of Return of the Jedi lightly at all, because it is one of the most beautiful moments in any film, really, in seeing what Vader does for his son. Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw in a theater, and I remember just being rocked by what I saw in that moment because it almost never had occurred to me as a kid that the bad guy could cease being a bad guy and be a good guy. That moment when Vader lifts Palpatine was a genuine shock to me and is full of truth and beauty. 
we had to be careful about that. But if you have, but if you look at some of the lore of of Palpatine and the Sith and the way that George has embedded ideas about the Sith into the mythology of Star Wars, there are ways the presence of that character can still cast its shadow in the future. I'll guess I'll leave it at that. Um, and then the rest of it just talks about other questions, but that's his. That's Chris Terrio's thoughts and insight on bringing Palpatine back. So, so. okay, uh, Connor, you take point because you read it. Um, Abrams, you know, is Abrams. There was really nothing that just like I took away from that. But with Chris Terrio, I'm legitimately happy we're getting a lot of Star Wars because out of everybody I wanted to hear their take on Star Wars, he was the one person I wanted to hear the most about. And I think the one thing I really immensely loved and I think honestly reassured me so much was the fact that they was the fact that he said we don't take the ending of our of Return of the Jedi lightly. And we honor that in a way in the film. I think that just reassures me so much because like, I'm not super worried that they're going to undo it, but like there's that very minute worry that I have. And just the fact that that Chris Terrio says we will honor that in this film just completely reassures me. So and makes me happy. The fact that they keep using the verbiage of bringing Palpatine back, they keep saying bringing him back, and and outright saying we're like we're not throwing Jedi out the window, gives me very very great hope that this is a resurrection yeah. of some sort. Um, oh, undoubtedly, because and the reason I'm I have an easier time accepting the whole Palpatine's back from the dead. And it not like undoing Anakin's sacrifice and redemption. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell if you were zoning out or if there was like a giant spider in the corner or something. No, but there is a giant Santa Claus. Yes, there is a giant Santa Claus behind us. I think he's going to oh, eat boy. you. Oh, boy. He's going to eat me? He's going to eat you. He's gonna D- eat define you. eat me. like Unhinge his jaw and swallow you whole. Okay, I was going to say, are we talking like Hannibal Lecter eat or like he's going to eat my booty hole? No, not that. Okay. <laughs> um... No, I just had, like, so many different ideas go through my head and then realized we're having a whole prediction pod next week. And I'm Write that rem- shit down. Legit, write that shit right. down so you don't forget any of it. Um, but there's so much. I know, I know. Just just jot down the bullet points. You, you have had great theories so far, and I am afraid to lose any of yours. Legitimately. All right. Go keep um, talking. Okay. I... So, in Legends... Whenever Palpatine oh, comes back with the whole Dark Empire shit. Uh, I, I don't I don't hate it. It was interesting in its own right. It was strange. It's not my favorite, but it was whatever. My issue with that is that it took the Empire 20 years to finally die. Oh, shit. And because it took the Empire so long to fade away, and Palpatine's still alive... There, it feels like Anakin's sacrifice meant nothing. However, in the new canon, 
Anakin gives his life to kill the Emperor. Palpatine dies, and it takes about a year and a half for the Empire to crum- to crumble. And then fuck yeah. off into the Unknown Regions to start the First Order. So I very much like the fact that if Palpatine's going to return, it's A, this late in the game, and B, only after the Empire fell apart. Because I think in Legends, Anakin's sacrifice felt really weird. Where it's like, okay, Palpatine survived anyway. And the Empire is still alive and kicking for another 20, 30 years. So what was the point? Um, aside from, like, saving Luke. And obviously, like, I... what Anakin does what Anakin does. And I don't think you can truly undo or diminish that in any real way. Because it's still beautiful and he still killed the fucking emperor. Yeah. However, I do understand the, 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 the complaint of what felt like that was the final blow. No, it wasn't the final blow. You, you just broke the back. You broke the back of the empire and now the rebellion has to finish it off. Uh, so again, as, as long as Sidious is dead, as long as he's dead and being brought back, yeah. that's my big thing. I've always kind of been partial since we've known... To the idea of him being kind of a, like, Sith variant of a Force ghost. Yeah. You know? Maybe yeah. not being able to uh, conjure himself, but, like, kind of how Qui-Gon comes to Yoda, yeah. right? And whoever is on the warpath to resurrect him, he's been kind of working through. Yeah. I. Right? My big thing is I that, don't... I want... I do legitimately want to see him back in the flesh... Oh yeah! By the end I of mean, the movie, we know we will. Like we, in some yeah, I, in, my, <sighs> I I think it goes beyond like the possession thing. I think we get full on Emperor Palpatine. I hope you're right. Because yeah, regarding the Force Ghost thing, um, just this reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine who really isn't. Yeah, he's not the biggest fan of this new trilogy, to put it that way. Oh, so he's so, wrong. What? He's his, wrong. His opinions yeah. aren't valid. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and when I told when he asked me what are some ways that he that Palpatine could come back, I said that uh, I said possession, world between worlds, and then I said Force Ghost, even though it's not possible for Sith to do it, although considering how Palpatine powerful palpatine is it wouldn't surprise me if he did and he just he he kind of got like irritated at that because he just said well just because he's super just be something about like how because he's super powerful doesn't mean you can change the rules just for this one character and i'm like eh, not sure about that one chief as long as it's not fuck you i do what i want and there's like he he finds some back alley. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he, if Palpatine legitimately finds a back door, and he's like through the force. Oh, I cracked the code, and I there is a way for me to do this. Then yeah, yeah that's fine. I don't want it to be. I was so powerful that, that the, I was that, the that the I don't sure, apply like, to I'm me. I'm like ninety nine percent sure that most of his um ju- most of his just stuff in the original trilogy and everything. Other than just controlling the uh, empire, he just he's just been trying to find the secret yeah. to immortality. Yeah, that's what he was like in Legends. He, that was his thing. Yeah. Like he he got he just, the empire. He had no interest in governing. Yeah, he was yeah, like, he I have this power. Shit. Now I just need to find a way to hold on to it for forever. 
Yeah, right. And it was when he couldn't do that in canon, he had the contingency. Yeah. Which, again, I, I think that this is truly like the final stage oh, dude, of this Operation is, the Cinder. The contingency's getting fucking referenced. I think yeah. flip in the theater. Yeah, no, I think Operation Cinder always accounted for. And then Bro, I, I come back legit, from the dead. Like, <laughs> like I think that's part of it. Um, no, just like, I don't know. Just like, I get what my friend's saying, but at the same time, I'm just like, dude, I can't even say anything because that's just so basic. Well, right I will say this much. And I, I know that we all have based almost everybody has based their theorizing and ideas around what might be happening with Darth Sidious around the caveat that Sith and Darksiders cannot manifest as a Force ghost the way Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, uh, Qui-Gon, and Luke, Luke will. And that, that that's just beyond what they can do because George said so. Because the canon up to this point has implemented like the dark side hauntings with Momin and Darth Bane. Yeah. It's likely that they're holding on to that rule that George set in motion. Pardon my hiccup, set in motion. But oh, that's not that's like, not a guarantee. Yeah. That, like, like they could that just... they could just be like, yeah, they just happen to do a haunting because that's what worked for them. But yeah. something something yeah. dark side, something something Sith Force Ghost. I don't think so. And I think the way they've talked about that, you know, aside from the batshit insane, like, secret Skywalker fucking test screening conspiracy theory horse shit. Was Doomcock? It was addressed. Yeah, Doomcock. Uh, I, I, they did say oh, early God, on that they, were, they consulted uh... George. They did say early on that they consulted George with this. And I would like to think that that was, like, the main thing was like because George talked about it very rarely but made the, the one time that George said anything hard and fast about force ghosts it was that mm-hmm. yeah. and i think that maybe there was a consultation with George Lucas about how can we make palpatine a a villain in the flesh again that does not undo the rules that you have perceived and i don't remember if it's in legends or if it's in canon but the whole explanation about how the Force Ghosts work is that it is with – is that you cannot achieve that level of consciousness through the exaltation of self. I'm pretty sure that's in both. I don't – I'm not sure. I know Qui- – I think Qui-Gon says it at one point. I can't remember if he says it in Clone Wars or not. But like the term the exaltation of oneself – is like like you can't do it because you're focused on you and it comes with that connection with the force and like your reverence for I am a part of this that you're able to eventually gain your consciousness through the force. Okay, I just found it. It's from the episode three novelization. That makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, it's you, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that I have that just buried in my head somewhere. Because yeah. the yeah, last thing says, I want... The ultimate, I think it's Yoda, it's Yoda and Qui-Gon... I think this is Qui-Gon who says it. The ultimate goal, the eternal life, the ultimate goal of the Sith, yet they can never achieve it. And it comes only through the release of self, not the exaltation of self. It comes through compassion, not greed. Love is the answer to darkness, to the darkness. So there it is. Yeah. 
that's pretty much Force Ghosts. And Palpatine's gonna just probably be like, that's where you're wrong, kiddo. I found a way. Yeah, as long as we don't get a situation like Cell from Dragon Ball where... I guess that didn't kill me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that. I also, and this is a nitpick. Like, you're, just a, nit, a, you're a nitpick. I am a nitpick. We're all nitpicks. I, you're a tin kip. I'm a t- what? If you switch nit and pick, it's oh, tin kip. That you completely blew my mind. Um, I blew my own mind. It's okay. I really, really, really don't want if slash when he's resurrected. And in the flesh. Every line is a meme. <laughs> that. I want that so that bad. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> if he find, if they find an excuse for him to say the word Senate, I might walk out. <laughs> what if as he's no, like, see, he's rising back in, in his body, he just starts shouting unlimited power. What do you do? What is that? You- that might be acceptable. Ooh. It also depends on the movie surrounding him. Yeah. Because, like, you could get away with I am the Senate, unlimited power, the laughing, do In it. the prequels, because... because well, because the, the, he did... The Full Fat Videos did an amazing essay on the camp of Ian McDermott's performance in The Revenge of the Sith. Judging by the way this movie seems, I don't think... I think this movie is taking itself seriously enough and is going to be unironically dark enough that I am worried that a campy, you know, unlimited power is going to be too gonna much. Away from it. Is going to be too much. Now, yeah. if he's coming back into like like the realm of corporeal beings, and like he says the words "unlimited power," I'm okay with it. But if he's like throat screeching it like he does when he's killing Windu, too much. But. Not nearly enough. <laughs> Let me. We'll see. I need it's a, Ian I need a Sith, He could probably make it work. I need a Sith Raptor call too. Yeah, I'm okay with. I want to force scream. I think Kylo might force scream. We've talked about this because yeah. the helmet toy. Yeah. I really hope Ben does. That's one of my favorite like dumb powers. As long as it sounds like a Raptor call, that's all I need. So I can keep calling it the <laughs> dark. I'll 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 oblige dark side Raptor call because he's not a Sith. Okay, that's fair. Yet, uh. That was a hot take. I off the cuff, baby. We, <laughs> yes, and yes, and yes, and. Uh, but my 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 real nitpick with Palpatine when he comes back, I really don't want him to be all fucking crusty face scrotum. You want him just to be Ian? McDermott. I want Ian McDermott. I th- I think it would be really weird if he's brought back to dead, looking like a skeleton. Like, he's probably not going to be. If he's here's my thing. If you bring him back to the, if you bring him back from the dead, from and like, and he heard, still has okay, a okay, fucked okay. up. I will don't say this. don't talk any leaks. Don't talk anything about that. We're too close to the end here. I don't mm, want to. All right, fine. I don't want to muddy the waters. I don't. I don't even know what you're about to say. I don't want to muddy I the waters. Say anything. I Literally, say all I know about Palpatine from leaks like, is what he's wearing. That is the only thing I know. <laughs> is the black and red robes. That is all I know, and that is all I want to know. Is that he's gonna have a cool ass outfit, but yeah, okay, okay, thank you. But I just, to me, it wouldn't make sense if he's brought back from the dead, still looking ghastly, unless you inexplicably make him look worse. 
I think well, like either you the... double down on him being like a crusty scrotum, or he looks like Ian McDermott again. Well, like what you could do is maybe he comes back and he's damaged, but as he gains, like as his power comes back, his face reforms. Oh, that'd right? be cool. I'm thinking of so yeah, much but... shit off the top. Well, like because <laughs> a lot of that, like a lot of that, is a mix of like dark side degradation. Yeah, and the way that like the dark side eats away at your body. Some of it is scarring. Some of it is the way that, like, he gave himself over to the dark side for enough power to, like, break through Mace Windu. Um, a lot of people also said before that, like, and again, Legends is weird. And it's, like, this weird stuff that I just never liked. Like, the idea that in Legends, it was, like, Sith sorcery and alchemy that, like, he was making people see the clean face. Yeah. But, like, he got rid of it in the moment it would be convenient while he was getting his face fucked up to make it look worse than it actually was. You know, like, it's weird shit like that. Like, I like the, like, I like the idea that it's just, like, like, he really, he scorched his face. And part of that was, like, the dark side eating away at him from the inside and then the lightning maining him. I like your idea a lot, though. Like, he slowly regenerates as he goes. That'd be cool. I'd like that. Especially Um, if it's not necessarily, like, if it's not his body, but like somehow his form takes the body over, perhaps, you know, perhaps, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, okay, I'm gonna write something down for next week. Yeah, uh, Connor and Travis, you guys talk. I gotta write something down. Connor, what did you have for dinner? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Huh? There's they're having chicken parm bar at the uh, food court, so I'll probably go to that. All right. Depending on when we get finished. And then I'm probably going to study for my final tomorrow. And then, I don't know. I'm I'm literally trying to uh, find time to rewatch all the Star Wars films up to Rise of Skywalker. Because I haven't done any of that. I need to – well, now we have because of the audio commentaries. But I need to rewatch yeah. Force Awakens and Last Jedi again with sound on because it's easier to watch that way. Um, but also so I can get my Poe quotes down. Gotcha. Attaboy. Yes. Attaboy. I'm so proud of you. I was have to find time to go and like tonight, I'm probably going to go. I don't know if I want to get sheets or eat at home, but like I'm the yeah. only one home. And I had to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths part two. Because part one was last night. Part de dos. Isn't tonight the one with uh, Batman? I don't know. Probably. I'm pretty sure I saw Kevin Conroy say something like Monday night's his episode. Probably then. Well, yeah, they're back on Earth One now, so yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick, oh. um, quickie story before we talk about Battlefront Two, because uh, this is originally going to be Cub's story, uh, thinking he was going to be on for this. Um, quick theory about the image from the Rise of Kylo Ren, how he has like the white robes on, the black cloak, and like he kind of looks like a he kind of looks like He Man. Yeah, I think that is. His going to find Snoke outfit. Because he looks old enough to be like just brought the hut down. And like just like threw something on and just disappeared into the night. Mm-hmm. That's just a little crackpot theory there. He looks hot otherwise. Uh, who wants a Battlefront 2 story? You can have it. Okay. Because I only talk about games that I despise. It's it's great now. I mm, I need to re-download it. I never, Although, got, I never even got Fallen Orders. EA put such a bad taste in my mouth. Like the only reason, 
excuse me, that I'm even like humoring. And granted, Fallen Order is a fantastic game, but I'm only humoring it as an EA title because it has no online facets at all for them yeah. to exploit. Yeah. Like, I just despise EA as a company. With my, totally that is absolutely that is, fair. With my whole That game. is completely fair. In conjunction, this is from GameSpot, in conjunction with the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker December 20th theatrical release, EA and DICE have announced a new Star Wars Battlefront 2 edition that introduces new heroes like BB-8, BB-9E, locations, ships, appearances, and more. Uh, Let's Star Wars the Battlefront 2 celebration. fucking game. <laughs> I get to maim people as BB-8. Yeah, I get to hey, run people over and go, the, beep, beep, motherfucker! And <laughs> the ship mode, you get to play as Poe as well. I was never good at ship comp. Like, even in the old Battlefronts. This one, it feels Bro, a yeah, lot more suck. natural. It still suck. The Star Wars Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition launches for, P- for PC, PS4, and Xbox One on December 5th. The $40 US dollar digital package features... The base game and its available DLC to date, as well as the forthcoming The Rise of Skywalker content. I mean, all the Episode Nine stuff is free anyway. Yeah. The Celebration Edition also comes with all the customization uh, items acquirable through in-game purchases to date for free. So you get all the skins, all the emotes, all all the bells and whistles for like the game at this point is only twenty bucks. I'm pretty sure to buy everything in the game as it stands probably be like maybe 30 40 bucks if i didn't have resident evil 2 remake sitting on my ps4 untouched <laughs> i bought it on black friday because i was like yeah i remember you said never that. got around to it but like over break i'm probably gonna crack into that and scream a lot so uh content released after december 20th is going to be sold separately battlefront 2 up owners can upgrade to the celebration edition for 25 dollars uh, which I might do. Here's everything included in the Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition, the base game, uh, all 25 hero appearances, including the Episode 9 appearances for Ray, Finn, and Kylo Ren, uh, which I'm equipping the second it's available, more than 125 trooper and reinforcement appearances, more than 100 hero and trooper emotes and voice lines, and more than 70, tro- 70 hero and trooper victory poses. According to the EA blog post, uh, Battlefront 2's Rise of Skywalker content, bless you, launches Thank on you. December 17th. Uh, this new expansion pack comes with a brand new jungle map seen in Episode 9's latest trailer, four additional sequel reinforcements for both the First Order and Resistance, new hero appearances, additional sequel era maps such as uh, Jakku and Starkiller Base for Capital Supremacy, and the jungle map won't be playable until the 20th, while January introduces two new capital ships and heroes. The Resistance is... The Resistance's MC-85 capital ship and the Resurgent-class Star Destroyer will be added to Capital Supremacy. Uh, BB-8 and its dark side counterpart, BB-9E, will be playable in January uh, for heroes as, on the Resistance and First Order sides. Even more content is on the way to Battlefront 2 once we enter 2020. According to EA, uh, the Star Wars team will provide more updates on what's in store for February and March in the new year. Uh, in addition to that, the they are adding... Oh, shit. There's a Resistance Spy. A Resistance Spy and I think like a Resistance Saboteur is the new... It's something like that adding to the Resistance. And then for the First Order, they're adding the Sith Troopers and um, a new a new First Order Jump Trooper. So like all of like the Trooper classes, like your Imperials, all of them have like 
jetpack people. But this new jet trooper they're adding for the First Order, the jetpack basically functions like Boba Fett's. So, like, it's not just, like, straight up or straight front and back. Like, you can just hover with it. So, they fly now. They fly now? They fly now. There we go. There we go. That was that was good. Textbook. Connor, you are on the air. Why are you posting in Swift? What the fuck? Because I can. I know. <laughs> He just shot me down. I love it. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> I just got the message. All right. So our lovely, lovely, lovely listeners uh, from across the pond, we are going to have to let you guys go. Uh, we are honored that you have joined us. May the force be with you. We're about to start talking Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Uh, so to avoid spoilers and stuff of the like, uh, go ahead and bounce. It's not like Twitter has been kind to you either, so... Hey, yeah. you know what? Here's the thing. I don't watch Mandalorian when it comes out. Yeah, you, were t- you haven't talked about this on the air yet. Yeah, I, think it's I watch it. Like I watched it two hours ago, and I had no idea what was going to happen because, granted, I don't, like... If I, the, if I see, like, something about the plot, I'll just scroll past it, which isn't often... Or, like, it'll be so vague that I don't know what they mean. But usually the only, like, spoiler, quote-unquote, that I get for the episode before I watch it is the Baby Yoda meme of the episode. <laughs> like, in, the, like in, in yeah. this week's, it was... Spoilers, I guess. It's when he walks out of the ship for the first time and he looks sad because he's looking for Mando. Yeah. Right? Um, the one before, it's him holding the fucking soup. Yeah. Like, that's all I had seen... <laughs> And I waited four days. Yeah. No other show except for like Titans because no one watches it. Could I get away with it? <laughs> Titans because no one watches it. I love it. Fuck Titans. Fuck Titans. They're dead now. They'll be back at the end of the crossover. But they're dead now. Yeah. I saw something in like the Geeks and Gamers Facebook group about Crisis. Where it was like, if you like if you like Batman 89, the old Batman TV show and Titans, well, I got bad news for you. They're dead and gone now. How do you feel? Now that, the, now that CW's SJW agenda wiped them away. Literally, that's what I fucking read. And like, my my phone was dying, and I was going to waste the battery energy to be like, hey, fuck stick. Do you really think any of these Earths are going to stay dead? Have you ever read a Crisis comic? Have you ever actually read a DC crossover where an Earth stayed dead? I just had a fucking brain Go aneurysm. fuck yourself. You I, like... Damn. I just had an aneurysm. That hurt. What you just said hurt. This is the wrong show to have this conversation. I know. I just felt the need to bring it up. I no, it's I brought it up first. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, I was about to go off, and I was like, "Wait, wrong show, wrong show, wrong show." Thoughts on the last two episodes of The Mandalorian? Because episode four came out while I was in the outer rim. Travis, you're up first. Sure. Um, they were fun and enjoyable. Yes. Like, I... Were you offended by the woman who knew how to shoot? Always. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Um, the the very common trope yeah. in Westerns where there's the widow who's been living on her own who's, like, the biggest badass in the village. Yeah. But please tell me um, how it's an agenda. Right. Uh... My my biggest concern right now, because like 
I enjoyed the episode. I, I, they almost got me with he's leaving Yiddle. They almost got me. Yeah. I was like, there's no fucking way. And then realize like, oh, wait, he still has a tracker on him. So yeah, we're like, he's got to take him. Um, but my biggest concern right now is that like we're five episodes deep and there really hasn't been any kind of arc for anyone. Like at most Mando has like realized he's becoming he... more of a father, but that's about it. Yeah. But like he hasn't progressed any since he picked up baby Yoda or like he, like in episode four, he learns that he can't just ditch him. Right. He, that wasn't his goal. He wasn't like, I'm going to ditch this kid finally. Right. Yeah. It was, I'm trying to protect him. Oh shit. This isn't going to work either. You know, but like, it's not, it's not really an arc. Granted, I don't necessarily need an arc, but I don't know where the show's going. The same. I, I, yeah. I, I get, I get But the that. episodes are fun. Like, yeah. I, I'm in, there's, I haven't watched one yet where I came out of it going, eh, I am displeased. <laughs> I fucking lo- I am displeased. I love that. Uh, Connor, your thoughts on the last two episodes? Um, they're solid. I, I mean, I, man- real quick, I disagree with what you just said with yeah. the arc with both of you guys on the arc thing because I think they're. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I I think really it's, they're thought. dripping it in very subtly with little things that he does. But continue. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch the episodes uh, honestly. Um, because if I do, I'll definitely fi- like figure out a lot more about the character and just about the universe and everything. Um. I don't know. It's like consistently solid for me. There's been like one or two moments that I was like, holy shit. The one moment being at the end of, I want to say the third episode or this, I think it was the third episode where the Mandos all came down. Yeah. Yeah. That was episode three. That felt like something straight out of rebels. So I was like, Oh shit. But other than that, it's just been, you know, yeah, pretty solid. I mean, I'd give it like a 7.7 to an 8 out of 10 right now. Hasn't blown me out of the water. But then again, we I literally have we literally have two of the best stories in Star Wars right now. That being the Skywalker saga and Jedi Fallen Order. Still like I haven't really put much thought into Mandalorian. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I'd say right now, episode five was probably my favorite. Um, I think episode five was like, it's this is not to say I think it's a bad episode. It is not. It is. I enjoyed the revisit the tattooing, but it is not my favorite. No, I got um, that. I can see why there was. I don't know. There was something just about it that I was just like, this is really nice. I think it was mainly just like, um. The whole dynamic with Mando and the new bounty hunt, I think, was really enjoyable. I legit thought that guy was hating Christensen for, for like, five seconds. <laughs> like, he looked at it, he, he looked like him and almost sounded like him, and I'm like, did he just get hating Christensen in fucking Star Wars again as a rookie I'm bounty back! <laughs> yeah, like, Surprise. I'm back! Yeah, I was like... There's no way. I'm like, oh, no, that's not him. Speaking of the Mandalorian story, I forgot to include because it's like a couple weeks old now. And 
you know, I miss stuff because of the vacation. Um, please, Daddy Ryan Johnson, please direct an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Both because Whoa, I love fucking... your work and Ooh. I want to watch these motherfuckers squirm. Dude, same. <laughs> please it's... ruin. Yeah. Please ruin. Come direct an episode and I will be the happiest little soy boy this side of the same. outer rim. Uh, so many people. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh. Is this what you wow. want? Do you want him to ruin the Mandalorian too? Do you want Disney to crush your hopes and dreams? Do you, do you want to hear yes. a cancerous tweet? <laughs> no, but yes. So this is with this is with regards to episode four, and the oh, no the the classic trope of woman who can, can shoot. you have woman who's a badass in the village widow whatever. Uh, a woman without... Pr- okay, so the top tweet is, they're literally popping away at large pistol targets at close range and nobody hits anything. And then uh, another Twitter user whose uh, name I won't give out of mercy. Woman without proper stance, posture, or grip on the rifle hits the frying pan 10 yards away several times while there's zero recoil in her rifle. This is absolute rubbish. The actress can't even stand right with the gun. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, the it's ruin... become a parody at this point. Although at the at this point, I don't know. It's if they're self really... parody. Uh, I'm just looking at the uh, thumbnails from the from videos made about episode four. Uh, oh boy, Mandalorian gets woke, and the the uh, the one femin like the one lady who's always like like feminists are angry. Lady with short hair and glasses, like making the scrunched up faces and the. Whole yeah. of the O of woke. Uh, hey NPCs, the Mandalorian is ours. The fandom menace always wins. Uh, and then another, the Mandalorian goes woke. Uh, there's another one that says, "Imagine if halfway through Die Hard, John McClane met a buff, snarky woman that beats him up, uh, then starts doing everything cool for him. Wouldn't that be better?" Uh, referring to Cara Dune. What? Why? What the fuck? People, like, <laughs> how? Dude, I don't even know how to. Which, first of all, I wouldn't. Okay, Cara Dune is winning the fight at first because she gets the drop on him. By the time the yeah. fight ends, it's a draw. With her yeah, fucking, like, they're evenly matched. Or, or can these people not watch shows correctly? It, it probably <laughs> they, they probably can't. They probably can't. Do they it, hate I'm, women I'm, or are they afraid of women? <laughs> There's a clear distinction here. Like, do they want to hit their wives or are they afraid of their wives? They don't have wives, but you get my point. Like, hypothetically. I don't know. The deadly serious delivery of that was perfect. Like, I can't... I can't fathom. Because, like, I understand disliking a character who is not written well. There's, like... On, on, I get that. On a surface level, watching the fight from The Force Awakens, like, when it happened on opening night, might you, like, I could understand someone being like, I don't know, feels like kind of an ass pull. Because usually the, at, like, again, I love, Jared, your idea of, like, protagonist gives themselves to the Force and does something they shouldn't be able to. When you said that for the first do. time to me, blew my fucking mind. But, like... That was the first time we'd seen it happen in a lightsaber duel. Yeah. As opposed to like the other two times, like they're flying. They fly now. (laughs) And I think that's why people are and also raise a woman. Yeah. But like 
If it was a dude, if it was a dude, wouldn't fucking matter. If it was a dude, the amount of fan no fiction, the amount of fan whatsoever. fiction that ends in something, something they use the force and do it. Yeah. Um, but like, when you have, we don't know right away, but like she's in armor, and if you like, you know that her character's background. If you follow the news leading up to the show, yeah. like. She was she's a shock trooper. Yeah, like she's, she, she's basically ex-Rebels she Black Ops. Says, she's Rebel Black Ops. How do you... How does... If she goes toe-to-toe with Mando, you don't go, Oh, it's SJW agenda. Like, it didn't have to be a dude. Yeah. It, you don't have to be a dude to be a shock trooper. Like, what? Oh, my God. Well, you maybe didn't see her train on screen. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, we, didn't see that we didn't see her train on screen. Or like we didn't get we didn't get her her shirtless shot. That's well, you know, and there's always the sh- in every Marvel movie of the guy without wearing a shirt. They never do that with women. That's why they hate them all. <laughs> it's got to be it. We want um, true equality. People. I, I'm joking. Yeah, I know you are. I think everybody knows you are. I hope. Yeah, I okay. First of all, it's moments like these where like I have so much fun clowning on the fandom menace. But like I know I should not I I hate how often we talk about them, but they're so much fun to heckle. <laughs> like they make it so easy. Like, how do you fuck like it goes woke? Like again, this is such a classic Western trope of like the one person in the village who knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shit posts aside, I quite enjoyed episode four. Um it felt a little quick to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I wish it took its time. Especially because really... it's impl- like it's implied that they're there for a little bit, like they're there for maybe a week. But see, that was my biggest issue. Is I couldn't, tell. I couldn't tell like what what timetable are we looking same. at? I, yeah, like do you have a matter of hours? Do you have a few days? Do we have a couple weeks? Star Wars kind of just has this problem of showing time passing in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming to discover. Oh yeah, I I saw, I think Steele put it on Twitter months ago, where he was like, "How long is the Revenge of the Sith?" Yeah, four days or two and a half months or three and a half we, months. We had this conversation on the audio commentary. I remember. It, yeah, it's, it's like three months. Yeah, it has to be because Leia or Padme rather talks about being pregnant as though she's like she just peed on a stick. Yeah, the way she talks to Anakin, and by the time we see her on Mustafar, bitch looks like she's about to fucking pop. And Luke and Leia are born healthily. So, like, as like, how long has Padme been hiding her pregnancy? You know, like, yeah. it just opens this weird can of worms if it doesn't take place over several months. Um, but, yeah, I it felt a little rushed to me. I couldn't quite tell. I mean, if there was a better showing of what the passage of time is, I think my issue with the timing would diminish uh outside of that i quite enjoyed the episode um i want to know what the rules for the mando's um pulse rifle is like because it seemed like he wouldn't shoot the outside of the atst like he was making a conscious choice not to shoot the atst with the pulse rifle but kara shoots like just into the ceiling of the cockpit and like, I'm not necessarily saying that's like an error or there's something wrong with it. I just want, I want them to find an excuse to like clearly lay out how does this fucking gun work. Mm-hmm. 
Because in my mind, the gun that like turns people to dust on impact, that's the first thing I'm shooting at an ATST. Especially since he has like a nice yeah. little hidey vantage point in that little stream. It, it depends on like what. The science of Star Wars weaponry kind of sucks dick. So, yeah. <laughs> like, not to be, like, it's either incredibly vague or like, and when it's specific, it's really weird. Wrong. It's like wrong. Yeah, and not again. I, for the most part, keep my science out of Star Wars. I've come to the like I've come to the full realization that like this is just not the place. Yeah, it's a fairy tale and it happens to be in space. Yeah. Well like because um, like lights like the rules about how lightsabers work are pretty consistent. Yeah. And for the most part, like blaster technology is pretty consistent. Every so often they'll add a new element to it of like, oh, like I mean, granted this isn't a new element, but the whole concept of like like Tabana gas and the different gases that get turned into the plasma that fires out of it, stuff like that. Um, though I want to know, like, as I was talking about my, co I was talking to my cousin about this. I was like, it does the pulse rifle does like the, do, do the rounds only interact with organic material? Is there like, but because like, it seems like, and again, I, I have to rewatch the episode. It seems like car just shoots straight up. And, like, the blast inside of the cockpit is what makes the driver accidentally just, like, go ass over tea kettle. Not that she necessarily hit anybody, unless I'm completely wrong. Uh, it's been a week, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a, yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of daylight between there. So, I would just like to understand better how his rifle works. Also, because it's just awesome. Yeah. But I thought the episode was really cute. I love the very westerny, you know... It's time I hang up my hat and, like, you know, someone's going to get hurt if I don't get out of here. Uh, they legitimately had me on the edge of my seat whenever the blaster shot went off in episode oh, four. Yeah. Like, for a hot second, I was like, you didn't. You didn't just kill your money maker. You did not just Bro, kill I the Yiddle. Oh, my God. You Dude. did not just kill Yiddle. And then when they cut back to, like, the bounty hunter, like, falling over from Karish, that was great. It was so well shot the way but, that she perfectly came into frame as the body fell. But we didn't see her train. You never saw her training. And Bullshit. And her Rebel Alliance face tattoo is no hint as to whether nope. she got where she got her training. Nope. Uh, so I, I quite enjoyed episode four. Episode five, you and I talked a little bit about this in the car, Travis. I really enjoyed episode five. I think they laid the fan service on a little too thick. If that's fair. It, Connor, your, your thoughts on episode five? I mean, it's for some reason, it's my favorite. Oh, um, it was great. I loved it. It's one of... It might I do be agree my with favorite. the fan service. However, um, I'll have to rewatch it because I've personally felt the fan service was pretty good compared to other star wars media but i'll have to rewatch it well here's my thing i how do i put this i very much subscribe to the idea that going back to familiar places too much makes the galaxy feel smaller than it should yes i.e Okay, we're going back to Tatooine, which is a familiar planet. Makes sense. You're trying to hide. You go to the bumfuck part of the galaxy nobody wants to go to. 
However, not only did you go to the exact same hangar in the exact same town and went to the same exact cantina, you know what I mean? Like, does that make yeah, sense? Like, no, it, it feel, and I didn't necessarily have a problem with it at that point, but like my capacity for, okay, we're going to the same exact place, you know, we're just, how do I put it? If this were a movie, I wonder how many times the audience was supposed to clap. Yeah. yeah. How many times are you supposed to go like, yay, it's Docking Bay 94. Yay, it's the Cantina. Yay, it's Mos Eisley. Yay, she said Mos Espa. Like, all of those things, which like kind of like wore me out a little bit. And by the time the Mandalorian says she has the high ground, I audibly groaned. Cause like I was pretty happy with that, but that's just me. I mean, but me personally, like it's just such a meme, and like Fallen Order kind of like milked all of my in canon uses of the term high ground at this point. I mean, there was the one. I mean, there was only the there's a one. couple. Oh shit! Yeah, if you're fighting stormtroopers and you like try to like climb up to be able to block blaster bolts easier, a storm stormtroopers occasionally will say target is moving to the high ground. Ah, uh, and like, and I understand, and like. To say higher ground is one thing, but like when you say when you spell out to the, the high ground, ground, like everybody immediately just jumps to the line that became a meme for what reason? Also, hot take: the same people who want to say that the Last Jedi is bad and doesn't understand Star Wars are the same people who turned the movie that's supposed to be really depressing into a fucking comedy. Tragedy is comedy. Yes. But, like, Anakin, our hero, massacring children is pretty is short, fucking hot. Is shorthand for this kid is annoying. Nothing. Me. I tried. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. It was funny. I laughed internally. I said, I said hot. Oh. <laughs> I heard ha. Is pretty fucking hot. Who says I didn't hear. I didn't hear. I I completely misheard what you said. I didn't. Okay, that's funny. Get out of the house. I'm sorry. Get out of this house. I'm sorry. Um, go out in the rain and get cold. (laughs) Can I at least put on my shoes and sweater? No. Okay. I get to wear your sweater. You get to wear my sweater. (laughs) Uh, but like I, but like Anakin murdering children has become a joke. Yes, Anakin. Killing Count Dooku literally has well, okay. I mean, I will say it does. It has, but like for me, at least, I'm able to disconnect from the memeology of the Star Wars prequels because, like, I don't know. There's just sense of me. I don't know. I think there's just this. I have to really focus on the movie at hand. It's rooted in like in my enjoyment. Like, yeah, not necessarily for Revenge of the Sith. The emotionality of this moment without realizing there's not a scene in Revenge of the Sith that doesn't have a meme though. You're right. No, but I don't need. I can disconnect. I don't know if that enhances it for me. I'm kind of like scared to rewatch it now. I can like disconnect from the memes for Revenge of the Sith for the most part and just enjoy it because I love. There the are movie. some that I'm just like, oh fuck. Oh, there there are some that like that don't take anything away. Like hello there is fine. Hello there. And this is where the fun begins. Is fine. And how did this happen? We're smarter than this. Shit like that. That's yeah. fine. It's funny. But again, do it. It's funny because Ian McDermott delivers the line weird. That scene should be bone chilling. That scene should she should be bone chilling. Anakin killing the younglings should be bone chilling. 
you know, all of this shit on Mustafar should be unsettling. But now, yeah. like the con, just, just the fact that Obi Wan says high ground, I don't try it. You underestimate my power. All of that shit has just become a fucking meme. And the fact that like the all of those scenes that are incredibly serious or meant to be incredibly serious and dark have just become shorthand for we've all seen this movie. Ha 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 ha! Isn't it weird and funny? Getting referenced in the material feels weird. Like I didn't mind. That's my line. Because it was fun yeah. at the beginning, you know. And like, who knows? Maybe the Mandalorian says that to a lot of people and word has spread that he says that to people a lot. And the guy said that knowing that. But like the Mandalorian saying she has the high ground. Immediately, my mind goes, oh, Filoni thought he was really fucking funny. And there's going to be an entire like. I've already seen the memes. I've already seen the memes. Where like I was it's, literally spoiled because of a meme on that. Like, like there was the frame where they're like hiding behind a little sand hill, and it's like she has the high ground. And like the next picture under that was the frame where like the guy turns to the Mandalorian, like what the hell are we supposed to do then? And they photoshopped on Anakin's face. It's like you underestimate our power. Like it's like, immediately, <laughs> fucking I was immediately. Spoiled because of that. And, yeah, like so. like why like why do we have to go back to this played out meme? You know, and I think I love it. Like I think the memes are funny, but it was like that was too much for me. Yeah, um, the, yeah there could be an entire discussion on just like yeah, and I don't want to latch onto that too hard Wars because I did really like, like this episode. Um, but I love that that I had mixed opinions about. Um, obviously, we were very happy to see a do back. Uh, yes. bro. Okay, legit. I was legit so close to texting TJ. And just being like, there's a fucking do-back! <laughs> Agreed. Uh, there was that. I, I think Fennec, uh, Fennec Shand was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. She was cool. I like the uh, double cross. That was cool. That I happened with the, with the kid. I was like, oh, shit. That was uh, probably my other, like, oh, shit That moment. was fun. Amy Sedaris was hilarious. Yeah. She was really fun to watch. Um, I liked the whenever he had like the little flashbang thing, and she was like, "Oh, you're smarter than you look." Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. cute. Um, I think the person we see walk up to Fennec Shand after she's gunned down in the desert, I think that's Bill Burr. Oh shit! I forgot about Bill Burr's character. I think that's Bill Burr's character. Oh. Uh, also, I think. Oh, fuck! I forgot about Bill. I forgot that Bill Burr was even in this. I, my biggest gripe with the Mandalorian so far, and I don't know if it's a Dave Filoni thing. I don't know if it's just how they plotted out the story. The show is suffering from the same issue Clone Wars had, where almost every single time you introduce a new character, at least half of them die. Yeah. Well, like Clone Wars, almost every episode, you met a character, you got to know him for 15 minutes and they got fucking ended. Like, um, like sometimes just in the most unceremonious way possible to the point where there's a meme. Like there's the character, there's the Jedi. I'm a gun die. Yeah. It's like, a literal a, meme. Yeah. The Nick, like, you know, I, that was another reason why I was hoping Cubs would be on because I'm a gun dies in galaxy of heroes for some fucking reason. I'm a gun. Oh guy. shit. Got, got a character. Let's go. Um, ah, don't worry. He's dog shit. But, uh, like, I don't Fuck. understand. Like, I don't, I don't, 
like I know you said that you thought you saw other stuff with IG Eleven in it, Travis. Yeah, like like not just promotional material, but actual shots. I hope from so. The show. I hope so because if IG Eleven, we got like literally three minutes of him and then dead, and like Cara Dune, she's not dead, but like. For all intents and purposes, is probably just going to fuck off until season two. Mm-hmm. Is frustrating. Fennec Shand seemed really cool, and then she got bodied. You know, same thing with this kid. Like, I would have liked to have seen this kid develop a grudge with the Mandalorian. And, you know, maybe the Mandalorian's like, oh, like, you're new, you're a kid, you want this hype. I'm just going to put this blaster on stun and call it a day because you're just young and fucking dumb. Obviously, I understand the logic behind him just gunning him down, obviously. But, like, there are ways you can keep these characters alive and around. Um, so that's my biggest thing right now is that they're just gunning everybody down super quickly. Uh, like, I was surprised that they spared Grief Karga. Yeah. Um, Like, whenever Grief just, like, the Beskar protected him, again, very Western, I was I was surprised. The Beskar Bible. The Beskar Bible. Um, I really liked the uh, Tuscan Raider scene. I thought that was really nice seeing them write the Tuscans. That was really cool. I was a I was an actual deaf actor. Oh no way! Doing like actual like yeah ASL with Pedro Pascal. That's fucking cool. Um, on that topic, there's another bad take. God damn it! You ready? No. Negotiating with Tuscan Raiders? Are you kidding me, Favreau? Oh, this one. The Sand me. People have always been known to be violent denizens of Tatooine, not the noble American Indians from Dancing with Wolves. You can't tell me that a Tuscan Raider was willing to take the time to just stand there and <laughs> and quietly to just stand there quietly and wait to trade for passage through their land. They've always been known for being for their na- violent nature and not for their patience and diplomacy. After all, they apparently got their name after they overwhelmed and captured or killed everyone at Fort Tuscan. In episode four, Obi-Wan actually voiced his concern and suggested they leave before more sand people return in greater numbers. I mean, even for a Jedi to be that concerned about their potential danger, there must be a good reason. I'm sorry, but Favreau totally dropped the ball and ruined this creature's notoriety, not to mention an excellent opportunity for an awesome confrontation with a classic creature. Imagine a close quarters conversation confrontation with the Tuscans popping right out of the sand for a good jump scare like Luke had, kind of like the Apache, the Apache were known to do and seen in the 80s movies Red Dawn. Maybe you can have the Mando read the trap just like in, just in the nick of time. This would also be quick and simple. I just... What the fuck? Um... They... Okay, I'm just gonna say, first of all, not all Tuscans... Hashtag not all Tuskins <laughs> can be are super violent. Hashtag, like, has, <laughs> hashtag not every one of the geeks and gamers group hits women. Most of them have never even touched one. So <laughs> most of them have never even interacted with a woman. With, with a woman, whatever. What the fuck ever. No, anyway, no, no. You got to say it like them with a woman. With a no, woman. I hate um, myself so much. That made me laugh. Check. Yeah, that made me laugh so hard in the Dubak chat. The other day when like TJ and uh, Dan 
started like trying to talk like that and immediately went, I feel dirty. I, I T, feel T just, oh yeah. I have to go take a shower now. What do you say? Did you say, did you say like soy boy? He, he 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 called you a soy boy and then went, That just felt gross typing. I have to go take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> but um just like I don't know, just the fact that like we pre we we just generalize the Tuscans just on a specific says a lot about them, huh? Port- yeah, I was about to say it says a lot about these guys that they went, oh yeah, it's like all I of found them it are super like interesting this. that like we're at like people like us are actually able to negotiate with the Tuscan Raiders. I don't know. I just found that so fucking interesting. So um, well, because like if you look, the kid the kid's about just really cool. He which wants is that t- yeah. fucking terrible. The kid wants to tussle. The yeah, it's like, oh, we gotta shoot. Like, shut the fuck up. Let me handle this. Yeah, a, you you're know? gonna get yourself killed. Yeah. B, and I that was mean, the other thing that I really liked about it. And this is like what I wanted to get at. With I think, I think the Mando has a more of an arc than than is made obvious. I'm not saying it has to be obvious. No, 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 no not even necessarily that. It's I, I like when it's the little things. Me personally, I like the little things, like. This same guy, I feel like, would have tried to just gun these dudes down an episode and a half ago. See, I don't know about that. Like, I feel like I, I feel like that's a choice for him that he went. We're gonna talk out of this one. Yeah, well, I think, and that, like, there's a part of him that has something to live for, that is like giving him a little bit of a drive to not shoot first, shoot second, shoot third, and after everybody's dead, try to ask a question or two. Well, like, he doesn't like even in the the opening scene of the show, he doesn't start the fight. No, yeah. you know they they square up with him. I don't think he's ever like, I'm gonna shoot first and ask questions later. He's like, I'm gonna take the easiest route I can to my bounty so I can get my money. You know? Yeah. And in that moment, especially with this kid who's fresh and is going to get himself hurt, it's way easier to just say. Hey, we'll pay you. Let us pass. Yeah. Well, perhaps I I like that a lot. I like the way that he, it's it's in that way that he's seasoned that he knows how to handle those situations. That's fair. You know? that, yeah. There's that, that. That's how I read it. Now, granted, he's handling certain things I think differently with Baby Yoda, but that's off of one decision, and I, he hasn't changed. Again, he doesn't have to. I don't need this big sweeping arc. Yeah. I just like. It's weird. And again, it's not even bad. It's just weird not knowing where the show's going. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Agreed. Like I don't I don't know what to expect in episode eight where where Mando's going to be. Knowing that he has to like he has to survive. Yeah. Because we're getting a season two. So Yeah, I mean I like that. I also liked in episode four, like seeing him get really tender with the widow. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I and, and it can be argued since he's had the yiddle, yeah, that he's more willing to like he let his guard down a little bit, more than he might have without the the, the little guy. Yeah, he's yeah. willing to right. humanize himself. That like now, especially that he's now, especially that he's away, he's kind of questioning like, do I want to do this? Yeah, you know. I don't know. I mean, that, that that's fair. I just I like the fact that the it came down to him like, yeah. Talking oh, I, it out with them. I agree. 
And it also retroactively makes Anakin look way worse. <laughs> like, I know, like, they slaughtered his mother. But, like, retroactively, like, I feel like... Oh, shit, that's like, right. Like, and like, that was, like, what I said during the Attack of the Clones audio commentary. Where, like, there's a part of me that's, like, Anakin could have avenged her by being, like, bring me to your chieftain. Bring me to whoever the hell's idea this was. Because I'm going to take this shiny blue stick and put it through their fucking face before I leave. Um, I understand why they why Lucas has him slaughter the whole village. But like the women and the children do. Yeah. Another scene. That's a fucking meme. I think, though, like that one in particular has to do with line delivery, not this like if it had been delivered, I killed all of like, like I, I can't do it well and say I'm a better actor. But like, yeah. If it had been delivered better, if the line maybe had been warped a little bit so that he could deliver it better, you know, the I don't think I killed all of them, the women and the children, too. Like, it's just so primed. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. But uh, yeah, I'm really I am so every episode leaves me with the same like, what the fuck next? Yeah, it's like, where do you go from here? Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm talking about. And it's like unsettling, not in a bad way, but it's also uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not necessarily bad. I'm just like. Well, I think we all of us also have like we've also a lot of us been spoiled with the here's what's happening next week. CW does that. Clone Wars did it. Rebels did it. I think we're so. I think even more so. I'm so used to. That's right. Yeah, Clone Wars did do it, and I think that's probably why. Even, but like beyond that, just it's a show dropping on a streaming service, and usually that means it's all at once. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have to wait to see how the story ends. We would know by now. Yeah. Versus, but now the streaming services have wised up and been like, oh wait, they have to stay subscribed for more than two weeks if we don't drop the show all at once. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, I'm very, very, very much loving uh, The Mandalorian. I think it is only getting better. Mandalorian. Uh, I'm very excited. I think the guy in the outfit is Bill Burr's character. Yeah, you said that. However, I wouldn't mind it being a returning character, like like a, like a, cl- a pre-existing character. Mm-hmm. Um, Cad Bane came to mind, but I don't know how canon him getting gunned down by Boba Fett is because I want to fucking see that uh, because because so it's bad. in an unfinished episode of Clone Wars. Yeah, that has basically been treated as canon adjacent, and I I don't know how it's going to factor in. Like we know that all the Bad Batch stuff we're actually getting in the next season of TCW. Yeah. But like, are they going to find time to do and like that? And like the siege of Mandalore is all going to be in season seven. Are they going to have time to show like this one off moment of because like, I don't Are you familiar with what I'm talking about, Travis? Not a clue. OK, so Cad Bane and Boba Fett, like it's the first time we see Boba Fett in like the green Mando armor. Like it's no more Daniel Logan in a black jumpsuit shit. Like he's in the suit. And he and Cad Bane have like a duel of 10 paces and Cad Bane and Boba fire at the same time. And that's how Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet. 
okay. is that Cad Bane just tries to blow his fucking head off, but the helmet catches it and then Boba shoots Cad Bane in the chest. Um, so like, I don't know if in canon Cad Bane is still dead or not. If he's not, I would kind of like to see this person at the end of the episode be Cad, but I do think it's Bill Burr. And that's a wrap. I think it is. Let's wrap this. Let's wrap this baby up, boy. Wrap it on. Can we give her ah? Uh, uh, wait. Um. Eyes agree. I'm wondering if we could give our like non-spoiler, very short review of Fallen Order in anticipation for tomorrow's episode. Well, it's not going to be coming out tomorrow. We're recording it tomorrow. I don't well, know, I know when it's actually going know. to release. That's true. And I don't want to get us revved up because I made that mistake before just wanting to talk about the end of the game briefly. And then it went way longer than I meant it to. And since you're here, I will Connor, say that's the one part that's the one part of the game I was eh on. Ooh, oh, God, I cannot wait to talk about this tomorrow. Um, well, OK, not eh on like the more I think about it, I'm not as eh on it. But like when I first finished it. Yeah. If we took out the inclusion of that character, I would have been a lot happier with the ending. So that's all I'll I, say. I want to tell you, I don't know if you listened to what happened to me in that last level. but when It we, was the same episode I called you during the end. Oh, shit. Did you listen to that episode? <laughs> I don't know if I did. Fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story when, when we like hit stop. But yeah. Anyway, Connor, where can the lovely people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Depa Banana, um, and on Facebook, admin in the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics, a Facebook group where our entire mission is just to discuss Star Wars in a positive, respectful, and constructive way without worrying about all the bantha crap that's thrown in the fandom like the shit that i actively seek out yes <laughs> yeah and the, and the crap i actively ignore so two we are two sides of the same coin jared i just like to know what they're saying two sides yeah. of the same d30 yeah yep. honestly so. travis where can the lovely people find you they can find me on twitter and on instagram at travis political where you will see me like vaguely complaining about how I slept in for my final. <laughs> oh, that's what that tweet was about today. I had to sprint. So we're the parking. Okay, that Vincent. makes sense now. I looked at him like, the fuck is he? I was like, I'll ask him later. I was in the parking lot down by the Fred Rogers Center, and it's an uphill uh -huh. walk yeah. to the building. So I sprinted. Uphill. New your tweet earlier was like, in one way or another, I got my cardio in for the day or something to that effect. Are you yes. kidding me? That was That's the... what that was, yeah. Because I had to sprint to the building. That was funny. I even did, like, I ran in the building, hit the elevator button, remembered that, that the elevator in the building is run by a monkey with a wire, and went, <laughs> nope, too slow. Ran up the steps. Three floors. It was a time. Jared. Yes. Handles. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. On Twitter at the moment, I am the Holly Jolly Dark Jedi. 
And I just felt the need to say that because Dark Jedi 2552 is still the same. Check out my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay. Be sure to check out Dewback Discussion on all the other social media networks, such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com. Dickum. 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 <laughs> okay, Connor's so... saying it killed me. Dickum. Dickum. Okay, no. That's enough. I'm going to laugh well, um... and I'm going to clip. So I just remembered, so I have an Instagram and I was literally trying to change my username to Dev Banana and it's like, sorry, this username isn't available right now. Please choose another one. And I'm like, Who the I'm just fuck thinking, took Depa Banana? I'm literally just like, I'm gonna find the person that took it and hunt them down. So hot. on Instagram, my username is now Depa Depa Banana. JFO, you can guess pretty clearly what the JFO stand. Yep. So, yes. Uh, be Who sure to check fuck out. Took it. <laughs> uh, be sure to check out the other shows in the network: Hall of Heroes, Goran Moore, Down the Rabbit Hole, Wicked Wednesday, Dubek Sports, Hall of Heroes again, just because. Hall of Heroes again, because fuck you. That's why. Be sure to check out the audio commentaries. Force Awakens with Sean from Blue Bantha Milk Co. is up this week. And at the end of the week, the finale of this series of this lovely, lovely, lovely time that we've had uh, doing these audio commentaries. We are joined by Emrys of Girls with Sabres as we talk through The Last Jedi. Have a good time. I have a little bit too much to drink. Oh, boy. Um, what a surprise. Okay, listen here, fucko. <laughs> He knew damn well what he was doing. Don't let him trick you, Connor. Listen. I know. I just want, I just needed to. Okay, he just Connor, walked right into that. Here, okay, here, here's the thing. I, I don't need to. I was just, I I, just wanted to say that. No, no. I just need to say this. For anybody who hasn't listened yet. Oh, boy. I went until Empire Strikes Back by the end of these like little drinking games we've played not feeling anything. The drinks for Empire were way stronger than the ones we had before. And by the end of Empire Strikes Back, I was in the bag. Same thing happened for Jedi. I was fine for The Force Awakens. And I accidentally made my Raylo stronger than I realized it would be. Oh, boy. And overpoured myself a bit too much. And it caught up with me. Um... But that's neither here nor there. Be sure to tune in for that. And then, like I said, at some point, our review for Jedi Fallen Order will be out featuring Cubs fan Han. Tune in next week for our Dubak Discussion prediction cast for the Rise of Skywalker. Our crackpot theories, everything that we think may or may not happen in this crazy-ass movie coming to us, we are putting in stone. We are putting it in writing you already know what my number one is, baby. <laughs> you already know. I think we all do. Oh, yeah. What is it? Star Killer Base 2, motherfuckers. Let's <laughs> go. I just, I don't want it to happen because I think it'll be good. But I need to be, like, I need this meme to be fulfilled for me. I need it. <laughs> With that. <laughs> I so hope for every reason it doesn't happen. I know. 
Because that would be so bad. How the fuck do you have two of those laying around? How you got two ilums? How you got two ilums? Where you got? How'd you find two? Two of those? <laughs> Where'd, you the other? Where'd you find it? Where do you put it? Where do you put it? Like in your back pocket for planets? Yeah. <laughs> you know how we sound like when we do that bit? We sound like the guy in the video when there's like the crazy ass looking cat. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe. It's like, hey, Ma, there's a fucking cat oh, out here. Yeah. We, but we, I realized today, because I saw that video come up in my timeline, I was like, that's who Travis and I sound like when we do that bit. Like, we, they're talking like this. Like, we sound like that guy. They're Good. blink, motherfucker, like <laughs> that guy. <laughs> uh, we're honored that you have joined us, and may the force be with you always.
Louis Gunner. 